0: أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله تبارك وتعالى وسلم على سيدنا محمد سيدنا ورسننا وحبيبنا Wa وملائنا Wa الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه وأزواجه وذرياته وأهل بيته ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وبعد باب باب عند الصباح والمساء قال الله تعالى وَاذْكُرْ رَبَّكَ فِي نَفْسِكَ تَضَرُّعًا وَخِيفَةً وَدُونَ الْجَهْرِ مِنَ الْقَوْلِ بِالْغُدُوِّ وَلَا صَالِ وَلَا تَكُمْ مِنَ الْغَافِلِينَ وقال أهل اللغة الأصال جمع أصيل وهو ما بين العصر والمغرب وقال تعالى وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ قَبْلَ طُلُوعِ الشَّمْسِ وَقَبْلَ غروبه غُرُوبِهَا ثارس وقال تعالى: "وَسَبِّحْ بِحَمْدِ رَبِّكَ بِالْعَشِيِّ وَالْإِبْكَارِ" وقال أهل اللغة: العشي ما بين الزوال الشمسي وغروبها وقال تعالى: "فِي بُيُوتٍ اللَّهُ أَن تُرْفَعَ وَيُذْكَرَ وَيُذْكَرُ وَيُذْكَرُ يُسَبِّحُ لَهُ فِيهَا بِالْغُدُوِّ صال rijalul latul <laughs> hi him tijaratum wala bay'un 'an dhikri llahi wa iqami s-salati wa ita'i z-zakati yakhafuna yawman tataqallabu fihi l-qulubu wa la yusar wa qala ta'ala inna sakhkharna l-jibala ma'ahu yusabbihuna bil-'ashi wa l-ishraq so chapter regarding making wikr at the time of the morning and the time of the Uh, Afternoon. The previous chapters had to do with the virtues of making dhikr and uh, the gatherings of dhikr. And now it's time to discuss this particular khasla from the Sunnah of the Prophet that a person should take some time out uh, in the morning uh, after having prayed fajr before the sun rises or around the time of sunrise to make zikr and likewise after having prayed asr uh, uh, to and until the time that the sun sets the rationale for it that was given by the ulama amongst other things there's a number of hadith that are actually more than what's just what's mentioned in this relatively short short chapter Um, but the rationale is that that's the time that the angels who write down the deeds of a person switch shifts so if the angel leaves you and you're making zikr, and then when they switch shifts, they come and you're still making zikr, then they'll write f- for your report that you've been making zikr the entire time from between one and the other. Um, also, there's hikmah in the fact that these are two times in which the salat is makruh, and so a person shouldn't be praying constantly. Uh, Rasulullah sallam actually forbade people from praying constantly, from reading two rak'ahs and then getting up and reading two rak'ahs again, without interruption. Uh, and he actually said that this was this is a reason it causes madness in a person, so you should switch it up. You should have some variety in the things that you do. Uh, in general, when asked about what is the most superior uh, mode of worship, generally the the salat is what's mentioned. But at the same time, the salat is not to be done all the time. It's not to be done constantly. So if a person wishes to pray a number of raka'at, it's mustahab for them to kind of punctuate between the two, you know, between every set of two raka'at that they pray, some sort of dhikr or something else that they can do in order to get their bearings again. Otherwise, the person will pray so much that they uh, they won't know the difference between the floor and the ceiling. <clears throat> the virtues for praying uh, at the time, in particular, after having prayed uh, the Fajr prayer uh, and until the sun rises up after enough off of the uh, horizon in order to pray two raka'as, uh, are many. And uh, the Rasul mentioned, uh, w- which is pertinent to things we're going to talk about today, that it's uh, the reward of. Uh, complete hajj and umrah uh, and he said uh, complete three times sallallahu alaihi wasallam and so in the books of fiqh whenever this is mentioned oftentimes we read remarks from the fuqaha that uh, but still people are blind uh, with regards to this and they intentionally blind themselves and others by not practicing it uh, it's something that if a person's able to incorporate into their schedule they should do so if you cannot easily incorporate it into your schedule you should do it every once in a while at any rate the memory of this thing shouldn't be gone. Uh, one of the nice things is that, mashallah, you know, you have certain days that are more sacred than others. Obviously not everybody ha- lives in Khanqa, that they can do all of these things. Many people who actually do live in Khanqa skip these things as well, uh, sadly. But, uh, you know, if you don't if you don't live in a life that, that those things are facilitated, at least, mashallah, like we had the uh, first nine days of Dhul Hijjah, we have the days of ramadan we have the days of i'tikaf you know we have we have special times in the uh, in the year we have the sacred months you know we have uh, also you yourself have times off from things you have summer vacation you have times that you can try these things out and with you know with zikr in general with anything that requires some sort of muhalafa of the nafs it's difficult it's like you know someone's like stabbing you in the in the ear or whatever while doing it, the seconds they last really long, and there's a lot of difficulty in it. Part of it is just that time that has baraka and it has stretched, it gets stretched out, so a person doesn't know the person like freaks out about that, but that's not a bad thing. But uh, at any rate, it's good to practice to, to put yourself through your paces, to practice these things, to try them out uh, every now and again, to have the confidence to know that if you wanted to, you could have done them. Uh, At any rate, all of the uh, enjoyments of uh, spirit and the enjoyments of the heart, these are the only things that you're going to have with you in the grave anyway. And if, you know, you can't, if you can't uh, uh, enjoy yourself except for by chatting with another person or by, uh, you know, watching a video or playing a video game or distracting yourself with some other material or nafsani types of things. The time in the grave is going to be itself a type of punishment, even if it's not a punishment. Uh, And uh, it's good to develop those capacities. So this is one of the times, or this is a time that a person should have set aside for these things, which is what? In the morning and in the evening. So Allah Most High says in the Surah Al-A'raf, Remember your Lord in your very being, in humility and in fear of Him, uh, in a way that's more subtle than than audible speech uh, by morning and by afternoon, and don't ever be from the heedless. So the time, the two times are mentioned here, and Ta'ala says that the word Asal here is the plural of the word Asil, and the word Asil is the time between Asr and Maghrib. Allah Most High said in his book, in Surah Taha, uh, and glorify uh, the praise of your Lord uh, before the sun rises and before it sets. And Allah Ta'ala said, uh, and glorify the praise of your Lord uh, in the afternoon uh, and in the mornings. And so he says, the linguists say here, the word ashi means, The second half of the day after from the time after the zenith of the sun until the time the sun sets and Allah Most High says in Surah Al-Nur He says that uh, in houses that Allah Ta'ala permitted to be raised and that His name should be uh, remembered and praised in them uh, such that uh, His name is glorified in them in the morning and in the Uh, afternoon uh, are such men that trade does not uh, distract them nor sail uh, from the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala and they fear uh, a a day when uh, hearts and when uh, sights will be turned upside down and Allah Ta'ala gives thee description in uh, Surat Sa'd uh, uh, of uh, Sayyidina Dawud alayhi salam, uh, the Nabi, Nabi Dawud alayhi salam, that uh, Allah Ta'ala put the mountains under his control, uh, 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 that they would glorify uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with him when he would make the vicar in the afternoons and in the mornings. And so this is one of the khasa'il of the Anbiya alayhi wa sallat wa sallam. Abu Huraira radiallahu anhu Man qala hina yumsi subhanallahi Lam Abu narrates that the person uh, uh, in the afternoon who says Subhanallah bihamdihi. Glory, glory to Allah Taala, and to Him be praise. Whoever says it a hundred times, no one will be able to come with something better than what they brought on the day of judgment, except for another person who brings the same deed or increases in uh, in the the glorification of Allah Taala more than that. وَعَنْهُ قَالَ جَاءَ ila إلَى النَّبِيِّ صَلَّى الله عليه وسلم uh, فقال يعسوب الله مالقيت من عقرب م uh, من عقرب uh, لدغتني البارحة uh, قال أما لو قلت حين أمسيت أعوذ بكلمات الله التامة من شر ما خلق لم يضرك uh, رواه مسلم he says uh, the he also روى الله who narrates that a man came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he said O Messenger of Allah Ta'ala uh, uh, I, the, the scorpion That uh, I came in contact with me Yesterday, last night It, it stung me And uh, the Rasul Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Said that If it was not that you, you had said uh, In the afternoon I seek refuge In the words of Allah Ta'ala All of them uh, from the evil that he created. The scorpion would not have been able to harm you. So there's two things here. These are now, like the first, the hadith that we mentioned before, which is the hadith of saying subhanallah, bihamdihi, a hundred times. In it, there's specific mention of saying it in the, uh, uh, in the afternoon. Here, there's specific mention of saying uh, this dua of protection in the afternoon, although a person should say it in the morning. The reason that the afternoon is mentioned is because the bite happened at night time the protection of the day is from saying it in the morning the protection of night is from saying it enough in, af- in the afternoon um, this is a this is you know a good du'a that people should know first of all second of all uh, the you know there's tajriba, there's people have uh, um, experience of this mitigating the effect of poison and of injury and of harm uh, on them, uh, if not uh, getting rid of it altogether. Uh, the uh, Arabian Peninsula has two uh, general varieties of scorpions. One is larger and one is smaller. The, the smaller one, is the sting is lethal. The larger one, if you get stung in your toe, you'll feel the effect of it come all the way up your sides. Um, and it will cause your cause your leg to uh, uh, swell up uh, uh, a lot. And so these, these duas, like in Mauritania, they the alhamdulillah the scorpions are generally not lethal, but they're the type that will basically you know give you really a couple of real bad days. Uh, um, people would come to Murabit Rahimullah Taala and he would read these duas and uh, blow on them, and uh, it would mitigate the effect of uh, the effect of the toxin, the poison. To the point where people just feel a little bit of difficulty like in their foot or in their toe but they would be able to walk around and things like that they wouldn't be all swollen up and, and messed up uh, by them so it has an effect and uh, that effect mitigates uh, harm if not uh, obviates it and the effect of a person's uh, you know dua has to do with how they make it and the intensity with which they make it and the amount with which they believe uh, this is one thing You know, other people can do a lot of things for you But one of the things you have to do for yourself is you have to believe. No one else can believe for you. You know, another person can lead your Salat, they can lead the tarawih, they can make dua for you, they can teach you, they can do a lot of stuff for you. But uh, this is one thing you have to to do for yourself. Even the Prophet's (laughs) close relatives, uh, you know, they couldn't do that. You know, he couldn't do that on their behalf. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam So, uh, you know, the the effect is definitely variable With uh, with the person reciting And with the person hearing um, But uh, it's there It's there nonetheless And like many things in life The more you do it, the better you get at it uh, And uh, it will benefit a person And, uh, you know, somebody once You know, once uh, was given a word From one of our local elder mashaykh and uh um then the weird afterward you know they it actually had an effect on them so they called up the shaykh and said well you told me to say this thing this zikr and uh, it worked and the shaykh said of course it worked what else did you expect uh um you just have to you have to you have to just be at it a little bit inshallah and uh try to try to do your best but if it doesn't completely obviate the harm it will mitigate it uh, to a point where whatever harm comes through is not harm at all it's something for your benefit Wa anhu radhiyallahu <laughs> ta'ala anhu an an-nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annahu qala annahu kana yaqulu idha asbahallahu bika asbahta wa bika amsayna wa bika nahya wa bika namutu wa ilayka nushuru wa idha amsa qala allahu bika amsayna wa bika nahya wa bika namutu wa al maseer uh, رواه أبو داود والترمذي uh, وقال هذا حديث حسن uh, said نبوي رضي الله تعالى ta'ala who narrates that the Prophet said whoever says when they wake up oh Allah uh, 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 through uh, through your omnipotence does the morning rise over us and through it and uh, through you meaning through your omnipotence does uh, the uh, afternoon pass over us and through you uh, do we live and through you do we die and to you is the gathering and then when a person in the afternoon they say the same dua but with with a slightly different end that they say that uh, when a person gets to the afternoon time uh, whoever the person should say oh, allah uh, uh, through your omnipotence do we uh, are we have we entered this afternoon and by you or through you do we live and through you do we die and unto you will be the 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 final journey وَعَنْهُ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ (laughs) تَعَالَ عَنْهُ أَنَّ أَبَا بَكْرٍ السِّدِّيقَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ تَعَالَ عَنْهُ قَالَ يا رسول الله مرني بكلمات أقولهن إذا أصبحت وإذا أمسيت قال قل اللهم فاطر السماوات والأرض عالم الغيب والشهادة رب كل شيء كل شيء أشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت أعوذ بك من شر نفسي وشر الشيطان وشركه قال قلها إذا أصبحت وإذا أمسيت وإذا أخذت مضغ رَوَاهُ أَبُوْ دَوُودَ وَالتِّرْمِذِيُّ وَقَاءَ حَدِيثٌ حَسْنٌ صَحِيْهِ Abu Huraira, رضي الله عنه, narrated them, Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq, رضي الله عنه, said, O oh, Messenger of Allah, command me to such words that I can say them when I uh, uh, in the morning time and in the afternoon. And so he said, صلى الله عليه وسلم, say, O oh Allah, the originator of the heavens and the earth, Uh, the knower of the unseen and of the seen, the Lord of all things and the uh, master or the one who has dominion over them. Uh, I testify that there is no God except for you and I seek refuge in you from the evil of myself, from the evil of my soul and from the evil of shaitan and uh, those things that uh, he associates with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Or calls to associate with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, And The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said Say it in the morning And say it in the afternoon And say it when you go to bed at night When Ibn Mas'ud r.a Qala kanan Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Itha amsa qala amsayna wa amsa mulku lillahi alhamdulillahi La ilaha illahu wahdahu la sharika lahu. Kala rawi urahu kala fihin lahul mulku wa lahul hamdu wa huala kulishayin kadir. Rabbi as aluka ma fi hahdi hil wa kheira ma baada hawa arohu becoming shari ma fi hahdi hil wa shari ma ba'daha Rabbi arohu bika minal kasli wa su el kibri uh 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 w Rabbi Audu becoming Aidabin uh Finnari wa Ayda bin Filkabri uh wa Ida Asbaha uhika uh Aidan Asbahna wa Asba Mulkulillahi rawahu Muslim. Abdullah bin Masrud radiallahu ta'ala anhu said that uh Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam used to say uh, when the afternoon time came, uh, we've reached the afternoon time. And uh, all of uh, the dominion has reached this time of afternoon uh, um, in God's possession, in Allah's possession. All praises to Allah. Uh, there's no God except for him alone and rather, without any partner. And the uh, a narrator in the chain of narration says that it's my opinion that, that this includes then what generally comes after this formula, which is to him is dominion. And to him is praise and he has uh, he's omnipotent over all things uh, and then he continues uh, oh my lord I ask you the good of this night and the good of what's after it and I seek refuge in you from the evil of this night and the evil of what's after it my lord I seek refuge in you from uh, uh, um, from laziness uh, 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 and from a uh, 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 from from the evil of arrogance and uh, I seek re- refuge in you from uh, torment in the fire and torment in the grave and when a person the morning time passes over them they should say the same thing except for with this asbaha that the morning time has uh, come and the morning has passed for all of the uh, dominion which belongs to Allah when Abdullah ibn Khubaybin khail mu'jamati قال قال لي رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم اقرأ كل هو الله أحد والمعوذتين حين تمسية وحين تصبح آآ 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 حين تمسي وحين ت تصبح ثلاث مرات تكفيك من كل شيء رواه أبو داود والترمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح Abdullah bin Хуbayb radiyallahu ta'ala anhu narrates that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said to me read qul Allahu ahad and read qul a'udhu birabbil nas um when the afternoon comes over you and in the morning time uh uh 3 times and it will suffice you from 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 all things wa an ibn Uthman radiyallahu anhu ibn Affana قال قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم ما من عبد يقول في صباح كل يوم ومساء كل ليلة بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم فلا ثمرات إلا لم يضره شيء رواه أبو داود والتلمذي وقال حديث حسن صحيح Uthman uh, Ibn Affan ta'ala, and who narrates that the messenger of Allah وسلم, said that a slave there's no slave that says in the morning uh, uh, um, of every day and in the afternoon uh, of before every night uh, in the name of Allah Taala, uh, uh, by whose name nothing harms in the earth nor in the heavens and he is the all hearing and he is the all knowing three times except for nothing will harm that person and so uh, uh, you know this is also a very powerful dua of protection uh, that people should know and that has that has benefit um, it's narrated that Khalid ibn Walid radiallahu radi ta'ala anhu, um, you know he when commanding the armies uh, and parlaying with uh, the Persian uh, uh, commanders he in a feat of iman, he called for poison and he read this dua three times and then he drank the poison and it didn't it didn't harm him. and so this also affected them. You know it's one of those things don't try it at home. <laughs> if it works, good for you, mashallah uh, Alhamdulillah mashallah. Uh, and you know, if it's the time to do it, and you you know you feel power, and you did it, then no one should be surprised. But at the same time, the point of all of this stuff is not to—it's not to like—it's uh, not for parlor tricks. The actual benefit of all of this, rather than being able to perform feats of strength and whatnot, is the fact that you remembered Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, but they, they these things they do work. They do work. It's just that a person shouldn't be. Uh, shouldn't be uh, um shouldn't have it Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept and make us from the people who remember him by morning and by afternoon so uh, i'm still relatively jet lagged and somewhat <coughs> congested in the lungs and i promised everybody inshallah that will that i brought dates for you i I asked the, the fresh date sellers in Medina Munawwara for sukari, and they said that the harvest was too long ago and no reputable date seller will sell you sukari because they're all they're all old or dry and uh, they won't sell them to you because they're not fresh and so I said okay well what's the what's the fresh date so the 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 Sakai is apparently what just came in like a day or two before I was leaving so they just had like the new shipments of it to come in and uh, so inshallah you guys can have some of these the the Aswadain is actually one of the Musal Salat of uh, of Hadith but since I didn't bring a pitcher of water with me and I forgot my the book with the Isnaad of the Musal Salat you guys can bring your own dates and water inshallah one day and we'll, we'll read the We'll read the hadith, inshallah. but uh, these are for people to pass around and listen. And uh, I just thought I would share a couple of things about the Hajj, mash'Allah. Um, it was it was the longest days that Hajj is going to be in, you know, in the whole, like, whatever, 35-year 30, cycle, and um, it was really hot, you know the highs were like 114 116 118 and they got up to 118 and uh, you know because the makamukarama and hijaz is is within the the tropics the day progresses a little bit different than over here here like the time between I feel like the time between uh fajr and between the sunrise and the the mirror image of it at the end of the day um, it lasts a little bit longer because the, the transit of the sun is like slanted through the sky whereas it's more straight over there so the night is actually it gets down to like a very comfortable and cool like 87 degrees or something like that uh, so it's not so completely horrible every hour of the day but uh, during during high noon it's really hot. yet uh, here go on go hand to the sisters first and do the other. The, uh, um, you know, you guys will recall I went to Stanford for MSA conference like maybe a month before I left for Hajj, and you know, Northern California has a very moderate climate, and uh, the high was maybe like 85, 87 or something like that while I was there, so I was out in the day for four hours one day, and I started to feel my skin crack a little bit, you know, whereas uh, in, uh, in Hajj, Uh, despite being out and about, you know, at very hot times of the day. um, Substantially hotter than, than, you know, Palo Alto, California. Um, I didn't feel any of that. And the fun thing is about the Muslims, mashallah, like, it can be high noon, it can be midday, and they're out doing everything like it's going out of style. Like, they're not, they're completely undeterred by anything, you know. So, like, people are out there making dua on the day of Arafat people are out there, come inside and sit, sit, sit close inshallah, come sit closer everybody. make room for people The uh, uh, you know, so people are out there in Arafat mm-hmm. and they're making dua and they're going to Zuhur and they're doing their tawafs and there's no mitigation in the rush at all, and uh, you know they're going out to stone and they're doing they're just like doing everything and uh, you know, that's the Muslims mashaAllah, and it's not like people are invincible, there was actually a, uh, a sister in our group who passed away mm-hmm. A uh, Bengali uh, uh, origin sister from um, New York, and uh, um, she was in her early sixties, so she wasn't like young, but she wasn't like super old either. And uh, um, she was ill throughout the entire process of the monastic, and uh, um, she had deputed her husband to stone for her on the, you know the last the last stoning, and uh, he had stoned and called back, and he found out that she had. She had passed away, um, you know. So people, but people, you know, that's that's the thing. You know, they, they, they leave that, uh, you know, they, they, they give it their all, and uh, they come with some very genuine uh, feelings uh, for the sake of Allah Taala, and it's inspiring to see that that there's a group of the Ummah that has come together, and their demand is is not like money, and it's not anything else. It's that the Rabb Ta Allah Taala should be pleased with them, Allah Taala accept from her. Her, you know, and from her family, the sacrifice that they made. Uh, it's written that the person who dies in hajj, they have the reward of um, of performing hajj continuously until the day of judgment. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala accepted from them. Um, and people, you know, it happens every year. it Happens. You'll see. You know, some people will see that, that somebody will will pass away. Uh, it's difficult. It's not easy. Hajj overwhelms a person. You cannot be super on, you know, we have some people like mashallah, buy, uh Zulkarnain and whatever, is tough guys mashallah that are always there to do khidmat and that are like, you know, but like there's nobody that can, Hajj like overwhelms everybody there's nobody who can be on, on top of it for the whole time the only person who could do the entire Hajj is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and the rest of us, you know, we just have to struggle to to get through uh, so that was that was uh, you know, a couple of things from the uh, from the Manasik uh, I also wanted to share uh, something also from visiting uh, Medina Manowara afterward. Um, and this is a thing that American pilgrims will have to deal with. <coughs> as time goes on, it seems that many of the packages actually don't have any, uh, any sort of uh, arrangement to go to Medina Manawara. And uh, one would hope that this is uh, gross incompetent oversight. Because I don't want to think about what it means for a person's iman that they would do something like that on purpose, but uh, at any rate, if you find yourself in a situation like that, they have the train, the high-speed train takes like two and a half hours to go from Makumkaram to Medina Manawara and back, and uh, so if a person finds themselves in a situation like that and you're really tired from Hajj, like it's it's really overwhelming. Um, Go in the morning and say salam and come back. Even if all you do is you come and you read two rak'ahs and then come back in the same day, if finding accommodation is too much, if all the other stuff is too much, go and say salam uh, and come back. Imagine a person, their father was, you know, they live far away from them, and so they went that close, passed that close by, and they didn't uh, go to see them. You know, of course, you would, you know, it would be, it would be, you know, it would be not, not good form would not be considered to be, you would not be a good son by doing something like that. Um, And this is not your father. (inaudible) Rather, he is His wives are like your mothers and are like our mothers. Or they are our mothers, but to describe him as our father is inadequate. Uh, and so uh, a person should go and say salaam to the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. And I mentioned this in the group. I said, look, nobody asked me before designing any of these things. No king makes mashara with me. No president. No princes. No CEOs. Nobody cares. So I'm just giving you, uh, I'm just giving you my heartfelt advice. Mashallah, people made it. They went out. Some people literally, that's all they did is they went in the morning time and they said salaam and they head back to back to the train station and took the train back home or they prayed a, a prayer or something like that and they headed back home. But they did it, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept it from them. Uh, and from the places that uh, we visited in, Medina uh, Munawara is the masjid of Quba. the that the masjid is Allah Ta'ala describes that the masjid should be built on the fear of Allah Ta'ala from the very first day and in it uh, the, and it has the right that the people that the uh, 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 that, that such a masjid has a right that you should s- stand in it. Uh, 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 in s- such a place are men who uh, love to be purified and Allah Ta'ala loves those who are are purified or who purify themselves. And so the uh, you know it comes in the tafsir that the rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam asked the ansar anhum what is the thing that that's being referenced here that Allah Ta'ala uh, liked about you and what it was was that they would wash themselves both with water and with uh, uh, um, with water and with, uh, 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 with stones, both, that they would clean themselves thoroughly after using the restroom. Somebody, because stuff floats around on social media, somebody once mentioned, oh, we shouldn't mock people for not uh, washing themselves with water uh, after uh, you know after using the restroom or whatever, and Saib bin Musayib said that it's not recommended for... A person to wash themselves with water. This is true that he did say that, and this is actually one of the shawad that the ulama they they make and caught on him for. No scholar, every single ruling of theirs is 100 uh, percent on point, including the imams of ijtihad or the imams of the uh, of the aslaf, including the tabi'in and the companions of the Taala And this has been roundly rejected from him, and it's not. I don't think it's a, a good thing that people mention it as if it's uh, some sort of difference of opinion. Not everything that scholars differ about is a legitimate difference of opinion. We respect legitimate differences of opinion. As for aberrant opinions that people have, it's even, you know, all of the scholars have some aberrant opinion or another, even the great ones, so we don't give fatwa according to them. Uh, Rather, we put them to the side, and likewise, all the muhaddithin have aberrant narrations as well, uh, and we don't, uh, we don't, insist on them rather those are the ones that the scholarly community between them uh, they'll, they'll point out and if everybody agrees uh, on something being aberrant then uh, that's that's a sign and if they disagree about it then that's also that means that you know that means something different but uh, the point was this is that it's the combination of internal and ex- external purification our masajid however nowadays are what Their elections and their fraud and their rigging votes and their ethnic tensions and economic tensions and uh, sectarian tensions and all of this other nonsense. The sectarian tension, where it's supposed to be, it's not there. And where it's not supposed to be, it becomes like a big issue. And, uh, 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 you know, the masjid should be built on the fear of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not on. Uh, on, on on these like other considerations uh, not on these politics and not on a, on all of this kind of plotting and scheming and whatever other nonsense and uh, i've seen so many of our masajid in places that i've myself worked where the money of zakat is misappropriated where people lie and cheat against their you know against one another in order to dislodge people from positions and from you know all of this other this is all nonsense it's all makes the masjid closer to the masjid that are masjid of the munafiqeen than it does to the, the, the masajid that the Rasul Wasallam was described that, 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 that there is a right that you should stand in such a place. Uh, and so Allah help us. If any of us ever have the opportunity to form a masjid to remember all of that and not to be blinded by it uh, when the time comes for you to make your decision as well. Uh, or if you should take, uh, uh, you know, if you should be given the control of a masjid. This is a mandate from the Lord that these things all need to be ended. The point of the masjid is the worship of Allah Ta'ala alone and without any partner. We shouldn't antagonize people unnecessarily in them. And uh, the, the reason that things should happen is because of the fear of Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala and nothing else. Uh, not one-upsmanship and not getting, you know, more donations and not making sure that the janazah come to your masjid rather than the other one because you make this much money every time a janazah comes to your masjid. All this nonsense. Do you think I'm making these things up or do you think these are things I, I've actually heard before? That you've seen them before and you've heard them before. It's complete nonsense, bonkers. And, uh, you know, the last part of the ummah is not going to be rectified except for by the thing that rectified the first part of the ummah and you know from the other the other sites uh, of medina Munawara, is the 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 Shuhadaab uhud which uh, the prime uh, the prime and central visitation of which is the visitation of Sayyidina hamza ibn Abdul al-muttalib after whom my parents named me allah taala have mercy on them uh, on my mother and uh, on my father as well. Uh, the, the place is a very uh, uh, heart-wrenching visitation. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam from amongst his close relatives, you know, uh, um, Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu who was the closest to him in kinship. And uh, he was the closest one to him in kinship uh, who was Muslim at the time. The only other person who became Muslim who was of a similar or who was of the same level was Sayyidina Abbas, عنه, but he accepted Islam oh, like right before the Fath, much later. Uh, whereas uh, Sayyidina Hamza تعالى, عنه, accepted it relatively early on. Uh, and his kinship to the Prophet وسلم, was closer, was one rank closer than. Uh, even said Nabiyyullah Taala Anhu, and you know, amongst the uncles of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, you know, Abbas radiallahu anh, who accepted Islam later, and his maqam is great, uh, and he was, uh, you know, uh, had a great respect even amongst the companions rabbilah Taala Anhum because of that. But look at the difference. The difference is that when the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam gathered all of his uncles together uh, to ask them about Deen, or to tell them, call them toward Deen. Abu Lahab said you know and that's why tabbat Abi Lahab is why those words are used because they're his words uh, they're his words and they he he said them wrongly and they came back to uh, strangle his neck uh, um, and then but at the same time you know Abu Talib still he didn't he wasn't harsh with the Prophet وسلم, but he still didn't come out and support him, like in the sense that of that one thing out of all the support that he gave, the one most important thing he didn't give him yes. uh, And so, for Hamza تعالى, عنه, to stand up in the broad daylight in front of the Kaaba and declare in front of the Quraysh that, that whatever, whatever my nephew believes I believe in whatever his deen is is my deen and whoever fights him or has a problem with him they have a problem with me they're going to fight with me uh, to the point where even when Sayyidina Umar ta'ala, who accepted Islam and the people are afraid what is he going to do because uh, he can cause havoc uh, he was a very big he was a physically large and very strong and his anger was also like well known that he could he can cause a lot of havoc that he was the only one that said at that time You know when he was coming to the Prophet ﷺ, said, He said if he wants good we'll give him good And if he wants uh, something bad We'll give him something bad uh, That that عنه, uh, At the head of the Family of the Prophet ﷺ, uh, uh, That For him to have been uh, Shaheed on that day You know the, the, the day of Uhud and Badr are like They're inextricably linked with one another and the occasion of Uhud was basically a revisitation of the occasion of Badr, that when the Mubarazin, the single combat champions of the Quraysh, stepped forward and challenged the Muslims and the Ansar, their young men went forward to meet them, and the uh, Mushrikeen said that we don't even know you, and we don't, we're not interested in fighting you. We don't, we're not really quite sure even why you're here, like what any of this has to do with you guys, and so the Prophet Sallallahu he he gestured for them to come back and he sent his own uh, his own family he sent Sayyidina Hamza رضي Ta'ala anhu, and he sent, sent uh, uh, Sayyidina Ali رضي الله تعالى, anhu, and he sent uh, the son of Al-Harith ibn Abdul Muttalib uh, رضي الله تعالى, anhu, who was shaheed who was mortally wounded at that occasion that the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, he established a superior standard for a superior standard for for sincerity that he himself put his skin into the game so to speak and it's funny because of like all of the stupid innuendo and conspiracy theory based religion that has uh, crept into the you know unhealthy parts of the culture of, 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 of Islamic civilization people think about these things as being like some kind of Banu umayyah versus Banu Hashim or whatever although Al-Wali, And they, they, that wasn't even Banu Umayyah at any rate. Banu Umayyah is actually uh, the next clan over to Banu Hashim out of the clans of Quraysh, the most closely related one. So it has nothing to do with any of those things. What is it? Is this, it's Islam versus Kufr. And the Prophet ﷺ sent his own family forward first. And he lost his own cousin uh, at, on that occasion. And he risked the life of his own uh, other cousin and his own uncle. And then because of that, in particular because of that, why was it that Hind bint Utbah uh, was so thirsty for revenge? Because those Mubarazin that they that they killed on that day happened to be her brother and happened to be her father. And so think of the grief of the Prophet ﷺ on, on the battlefield of Uhud, that his uncle was targeted for that reason. And he was killed by someone who was a non-participant, like a non-combatant in the, in the battle. And then afterward, his body was mutilated. بالله, that his nose was cut off and his ears were cut off. And that his, uh, uh, his, uh, his abdomen was cut open and the internal organs were taken out and chewed and thrown about and whatnot. And the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi was upset about it. You know, and he had, rightfully so... You imagine like when it comes to anything like who here has like family that like backs you up like that and then uh, you know out of all of them the one uh, out of all of his uncles out of his like whatever whatever nine uncles ten uncles uh, eleven uncles that backed him up like that that this is what they did to him and somebody who really had nothing it was none of their business uh, even to participate in any of these things If anything the muslims were what they were doing was in his favor it wasn't something that would have harmed him it was something that would have helped him against those people who would uh, who would have harmed him that the messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam that he was upset when he saw it and he uh, he swore an oath that I'll mutilate 70 of their men for this and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed the verse in surah an-nahl uh in uh, uh, فَعَاقِبُوا بِمِثْلِ مَا ma بِهِ bihi wa la خَيْرٌ lawa that if you were to take vengeance from somebody then take vengeance in proportion to what it was that was done to you and like you know iqab is what it's something that's a reaction to something right so ma'uqibtum bihi so the, the 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 second that uqibtum it's actually can't be because it's not vengeance it's the initiation of the problem but this is part of the uslub that the same word is used in order to wasn't to balance out the 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 wording of the verse but uh uh, uh, you know that if you were to take vengeance then take vengeance in proportion to uh, uh you know the the harm that was done to you and if you were patient uh, uh, then that's even better for the people who are patient, and the Prophet ﷺ exp- expiated his oath; he didn't fulfill it, uh, uh, um, and he had patience. Uh, you know, wasbir wa illa billah. That he had patience according to Allah Taala's, uh, Allah Taala's uh, commandment. But then look at it; that he saw the he saw the, uh, the mutilated body of his uncle and when they brought a cloth they, they brought a, a, a cloak for him to be shrouded in the cloak wasn't long enough when they tried to they covered the head, the feet were uncovered when they tried to cover the feet the head was uncovered so he said "Sallallahu alaihi to cover his head because of the, for obvious reasons and then at his feet, they just uh, covered his feet in ivchir. Ivchir is a, a, a wild-growing plant that grows uh, in Hijaz that uh, has a, a pleasant uh, fragrance, and that was—it's the only plant that one of the only one of the few plants that you're allowed to pick and pull out of the Haram that surrounds Makkah Mukarrama, Uh because carrying it and tying it on your caravan. Uh, was a sign that you were a pilgrim, so that the bandits and things like that would not harass you. So they covered his feet in idkhir, and they buried uh, they buried him there with the shuhada of uh, of Uhud. Uh, uh, That this was something that the Prophet sallallahu you know, he went through, and he forgave he forgave he forgave Hind, bin Utba, who became a Muslim afterward. He forgave Washi bin Harb, who became a Muslim afterward. Uh, but this was this was their you know this was his sacrifice, and so the point of mentioning this whole long story is what is that we have this mentality where we want other people to do it, whereas the Prophet ﷺ he himself he put himself forward and he put his family forward ﷺ, and it's not considered to be it's not considered to be a sign of stupidity. When we sacrifice, when you are harm like when someone's dead, there that's it. There nobody's coming back once they're dead pious or imp- impious when a person sacrifices nobody's coming back afterward that sacrifice is sealed until the the day of judgment but the hadith of the Prophet Sallallahu uh, Alaihi we that we the the clan of Hashim are the saadatu uh, Bani Adam that we are we are the the leaders and chief and the foremost of the sons of Adam myself and Hamza and Ali, and, he, and Al-Hassan, al Hussein. he mentions his family member. Who are all these people? What happened to all of them? Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anh, what happened to him? Sayyidina Al-Hassan, what happened to him Sayyidina Al-Hassan radiallahu anhu, what happened? Sayyidina Hamza radiallahu anh, what happened? All of them sacrificed. This is a, a point of pride. It's a point of order. And in fact, this is actually a great uh, a great proof in the face of the Rawafidh, who still mourn about it to this day. Whereas this is actually a point of pride and it's a point of honor of the Ahlul Bayt that other people talk about things and they put forward something. So if you lose something for the sake of Allah, you sacrifice something for the sake of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's not like it's not going to be bitter. It hurts. That's why it's a sacrifice. If it was just fun and games, then there would be, then everyone would have done it. But uh, you know that that's a superior level of uh, a, a, a standard of ikhlas of sincerity that was shown. And it wasn't just them either. That the uh, Ahl is like like a scapegoat, like a sacrificial lamb. Like the Christians are happy that Christ was like you know died for your sins, and now we can go on to our other debauchery and other nonsense. No, rather they were the first ones to give the sacrifice, and behind them the companions were the Lata' who followed, and they all gave sacrifice afterward behind them. And the majority of the people that were uh, that were sh- Shahid on the uh, on the day of Uhud worthy. Uh, were the Ansar, the uh, and they all gave afterward, and they followed that that example, and none of them then cried and said that this is like, look at us, like you know, look, you're stupid if you just stayed home, this wouldn't have happened to you. Except for the Munafiqin, if you would have stayed home, this wouldn't have happened to you. And oh, look, you know, like why you, and then, like, why doesn't other people do this, and why doesn't? It? Of course, other people should do stuff, but why you? Because you're the one who wants to go to Jannah. Their good deeds are not going to take you to Jannah. And this c- culture that we have of like telling people like oh tone it down otherwise they're gonna like leave you hanging or whatever. No, we should encourage one another to do these types of th- to do something for the sake of Allah Taala in accordance to our ability to handle it, and uh, we should celebrate and we should honor people who have sacrificed for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and we should encourage them and we should not uh, 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 we should not we should not dishearten them, because the sacrifice of one person an entire ummah will then enjoy and will benefit in this world for a hundred years because of the sacrifice of one pious and righteous person. And then people will enjoy and will benefit in Jannah forever and ever because of the sacrifice of one pious and righteous person. So it's m- moving to see those places and to visit those places and to remember the uh, sacrifices of those people as well. Rasulullah <laughs> said about Sayyidina Hamzah He said that if it wasn't that, I was, uh, that I'm was that i afraid for his for for for, for Safiya behind him uh, that 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 she she'll lose her mind she'll lose her aqal he said I would have left him on the f- field of Uhud to be eaten by the wild animals and by the scavenger birds and the day of judgment when he's resurrected that Allah will call him from the different corners and'll come back together as a sign of of, of how completely and how utterly... Uh, uh, he gave uh, whatever he had for the sake of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. Uh, that was that was the 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 of the, the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. But and that was his how completely he uh, uh, saw the greatness of the sacrifice. That we should also think about this as well for ourselves. That if we should give something for the sake of Allah, who cares if other people don't give? They're not going to you know you're not going to have to. If you get into Jannah, and they don't. Or if you have a higher maqam than they do. You know, it's not it's not any skin off your back. It's no problem for you. Muhammad